You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. It's time for our Biblical Worldview Question of the Week with Nancy Fitzgerald of Anchors Away. Jim, this is a really great question. Uh, How can we know if something is true? You know, there's so many opinions, there's so many sources available to us in the world, most of them false. Uh, We just turn on Mm -hmm. a TV or anything else, and boy, we just get a mixed bag of stuff out there. But there's one reliable source. Well, yes, and and, and Nancy, uh, having a biblical worldview, you know, truth is essential, right? Uh, What what do you do? Yeah, well, we don't do much without it, that's for sure. But but this is why the question is, how can I know something's true? And uh, I, I think this is a critical question that we need to address, especially in the, in the postmodern, with the postmodern youth of today, who have rejected truth. And in their world, truth has become a matter of, well, it's my truth or your truth. As long as you respect my truth, I'll respect your truth. And so they go on with this idea that truth is not absolute uh, for all people in all places in all times. And this idea of creating their own reality uh, and creating truth is far, is far from the true definition of truth. And that's what we want to get to today. What is truth, regardless of what the postmoderns would, how they would define it? What, it, what is it? And I, I was reading in uh, that some stuff that Paul uh, or that Pat Zuckerman wrote in Evidence and Answers in his ministry. And he suggests that we begin to learn truth by what it is not. Huh. And he, he, he writes this. He, he, he says there in, in seven, seven points he makes, truth is not simply whatever works. In reality, lies can appear to work, but they are still lies and they are not the truth. I mean, this echoes our culture uh, in ways uh, that are so applicable. Then he says this, truth is not what makes people feel good. Unfortunately, bad news can be truth. But, But we see in churches today this idea of people go to church to feel good. Therefore, truth is really not spoken from the pulpit in many times. But here we see truth is not what makes us feel good. Truth he goes on, is not what the majority says is true. Neither is it what the minority thinks is true. Truth stands alone, regardless of who embraces it or not. Truth is not what is uh, comprehensive. Uh, This whole idea of a lengthy, detailed presentation can still result in false conclusions. Uh, uh, this idea of very bright people with lots of numbers and letters behind their name do not necessarily speak the truth. And have we not seen this over and over again? He goes on to say, truth is not defined by what is intended. You know, good intentions can still be wrong. Truth is not how we know. Truth is what we know. 
And finally, truth is not simply what is believed. A lie believed is still a lie. So we see this, and, and all of a sudden, this idea of truth we see has been redefined by the culture. And what we're talking about today is what is it when we peel back the lies of what culture has tried to do to truth? What is it? And Norm Geisler and Frank Turk, I, I know you guys know him, uh, they together collaborated with I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, which is a great read. But they say, uh, as they're defining truth, that truth, all truth is discovered. It's not invented. I love that. It comes from eternity, past eternity forward. And they go on to say, truth is transcultural. It can be conveyed across different cultures. So we don't have a group of people saying, well, this is truth, but no, we don't agree with this. This is what is true for us. And they contradict each other, that that simply is not the definition of truth. They go on to say that truth is unchanging. It can be transmitted across time. Again, this idea of eternalness of truth. Truth is truth regardless of where it is spoken, of who speaks it. It is what it is. Beliefs cannot change a truth statement. This is so important as we look at false religions and <clears throat> uh, cults and all of this. Beliefs cannot change a truth statement no matter how sincere one may be. Mm. Truth is unaffected by the attitude of the one professing it. And this is what is so sad in a way, is that people have not been educated <clears throat> in truth. And they are have, have believed the lie. They're living the lie. And, and it is so sad to hear people professing things that aren't truth because simply they have not been taught. All truths are absolute. They don't waver. They don't change according to, to the situation. Truth is knowable. This is the beautiful thing of God. This whole idea of truth it is there's something very personal about this word. And normally it, it seems just so static. But truth, as we begin to pull back the idea of what it is, becomes the beautiful side uh, of what it is. Because essentially, the beautiful side of searching for absolute truth will always take us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The same qualities in the same attributes of truth are accredited to our Lord Jesus, are accredited to the truths that we see in the scripture. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. This is just, I mean, it's amazing. So he is the very definition of truth. Well, we can pontificate truth, but he says, no, no, I am truth. I am, and frankly, your opinion doesn't make a difference. I am 
the truth. And he also goes to say <clears throat> that as Holy Spirit, he says in John 14, 7, the spirit of truth. So there you have it. Uh, all of this goes takes us directly to the foot of the cross to Jesus. Amazing. How do we know that something <laughs> is true? Well, earlier, uh, and and Nancy's already said it, uh, Jesus has defined truth as uh, one of his qualities. He is the truth. Yeah. And it's in a relationship with, uh, with him. Um, but, uh, Nancy, I'm so uh, interested in what to do about uh, this reality that there is a, a cultural division. It is generational where um, there was once this uh, seeking of truth independent of, of all other things, and now there seems to be a redefining of truth. And so uh, I, I know we're going to talk about it's impossible for God to lie, so truth seems to be the standard, but there has been a shift, hasn't there? Well, there really has, Jim, and it's and it's so sad because people of authority are speaking lies into these kids, be it in high school or on the college campus. And sadly, as you know, being in ministry, um, so many churches are misleading people. I'm sorry, but it it's just become a social event, and and people because they're made in the image of God, they're seekers of truth. It's built in us, and it's like it's it's like Satan trying to to deceive. He is the deceiver. His prime characteristic, as you know, is he is a liar, the father of all lies. Right. And we have bought it. Um, hopefully, this will awaken people to the truth of that there is truth. It's universal. It's absolute. And where have we gone? Where have we gone wrong? And I think with these young people, uh, because of the Internet, to be honest with you, and because of parents who really don't know the truth, so many of us have not been educated, then how then can we instill truth into our young people if we don't know it ourselves? I mean, this I think this is a huge issue. That's why I like this question of the week and like hearing you, uh, Jim, uh, every Tuesday, especially because just to re redefine and encourage people that uh, what you're doubting is for good reason because it's a lie you've been believing. And but these young people, they want to know the truth, and that's why uh, I have such great hope in this generation. Even though many have given up on it, because they're created in the image of God, they're still seeking. And the beautiful thing is when we, we study Christ, we realize uh, that Jesus made himself discoverable throughout history, throughout the scriptures, to pe for people to know him. And this is why uh, in John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, not separate from us. He came as man dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, <clears throat> check this out, full of grace and truth. So God 
wants us to know him. God wants us to know truth. And as, as we, we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, that truth is discoverable. Jesus is discoverable. And we see this beautiful harmony between the definition of truth, true truth, uh, and, and who God is. Uh, Jesus transcends the culture by his attributes. He didn't come to <clears throat> save just the Jews. He came to save all people. It is his desire that no one perish, none. So he's calling all people, no matter what religion they're currently embracing, uh, he calls all people to himself. And I think it's so interesting in John 10, 10, <clears throat> the thief, who is Satan, comes to steal and to kill and destroy. Satan cannot offer anything but destruction and death. But he says here, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And that is the, the divide. That's the great divide between Satan and God. God has come that we might have life, that we might know truth, that we might love truth. And, and uh, that happens when we have a relationship with God that's authentic. Now, Jesus' existence cannot be affected by our feelings and attitudes. And I know a lot of times we feel that God is distant, that <clears throat> he doesn't care, that I'm not one of those that he's chosen to love. But we know because of the very nature of God, he is the truth. I have come that you might have life again. And in Psalms 25, he, uh, we plead to God, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. This whole pleading, God, teach me truth. Teach me how to love. In this idea of being absolute, that, that truth never wa wavers. And we see the same in Jesus. He is absolute. He is the, defines himself as the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. We see in Revelation 1.17 where he says, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death and Hades. Again, this idea that God does not waver. Jesus does not waver. Truth does not waver. And we as Christians simply have to be unwavering in our desire to live truth. And, and it, it's, it's just so clear to me that this whole discussion of what is true and what is not true uh, comes alive in Christ and should come alive and be very much a part of the Christian world. Nancy, you made a really great point. Jesus is the absolute truth. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, holds the keys. He's alive forevermore, holds the keys over death and Hades. And here, now, we've got to figure out how do I know absolute truth? How do I develop that in my life? Because it really is, as Jim was saying, as you've already said, it's about a relationship, isn't it? It's totally about a relationship. God is a relational God, and he died so that he might have an internal relationship with us. He loves us in spite of us, and it comes down to the gospel. You know, 
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Are we going to believe in in his death and resurrection? Are we going to believe that he is the Son of God, the Savior, or are we not? And stuff that happens to us, I think we need to reevaluate. So many people say, I'm not believing God because of X, Y, and Z. What they don't realize that God can make sense of the worst of things and and give purpose to them and make us grow through the hard times rather than rejecting him. And I just think that it's time for the church to start talking about the beautiful things in the midst of this darkness is that God is absolute. He does not change. And he is the beginning and the end. He is the way, truth, and life. And he is all that is good. And we can know him through the scriptures. And the beautiful thing, too, and Jim, I've heard you talk about this, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we believe he sends his spirit, God himself, to live in us. And in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us to all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So our sole source of absolute truth has got to be filtered through God. You can't separate science from God. God is the very definition of science. He created science. Uh, read Job 38 if you don't believe he's into science. I mean, it's in the, it, it's insane uh, that, that people can think of science as being separate from God, uh, really. Uh, but in this world of relativism, where lies and half-truths are so present, just knowing we need to know that a universal truth exists, and as revealed in Jesus Christ, to embrace God is to embrace reality. That is truth. It is what is real. All truth is God's truth. And claims of truth must align with God and his word, or such claims are lies. And we really do need to think about this. The, the truth claims that are coming out in media and social media, this idea that life doesn't matter, this idea that God made a mistake creating you, this and that and the other. Does that align with scripture or not? And if it doesn't, you have to disregard it. You have to call it what it is, which is a lie. Uh, we as Christians are challenged daily to live in the truth of Christ and to let our lights shine in the darkness that this culture has embraced. Uh, our heart needs to beat in a way that, in, yeah, that forces us, I mean, just pushes us <clears throat> through the darkness to speak truth to those who are lost. We cannot become self-centered in this. We cannot hide from people, you know, in these dark times. We have to be speakers in truth and have the courage to speak out with love and respect. Those things that are lies, we just have to. And I think Matthew 5, 14, 16, in closing here, <clears throat> when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people... Uh, 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 light a lamp, and then they put it under a blanket, but on a stand, and, and it gives light to all that are in the house in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works 
and give glory to God, your Father, who is in heaven. This whole idea, Christians, we've got we've got to stand up for truth. We've got to read the scriptures. We have to teach these to our kids. And we just simply, God has given us a way to redefine truth according to his word. And we need to step up to the plate and do it. Well, we have to stand firm for him, right? This is part of, yes. will we stand in a culture that is opposing the gospel? And will exactly. we move forward? Will we share what we know? You know, Jim had brought it up in the six o'clock hour with Randy Ellis. Randy's got the gift of evangelism, right? And his mm-hmm. ability to share the heart uh, of the gospel with others who need to know that. And this is what we've been called to do, but the world opposes it in such with, and, and in some cases, some parts of culture with vitriol against Christians. Uh, it is not, you know, flat out, uh, it is not violent persecution, but it is closed hard-heartedness. Uh, and that is right. just something that we have got to be able to stand against. This has been an excellent, excellent conversation. Jim, I've enjoyed this. Oh, I've enjoyed it, too. And, Nancy, you've encouraged us deeply that it's not just a matter of what we know. It's a matter of what we do and then sharing as well. Right. Uh, This uh, that we are the light of the world has some action to it. And uh, praise God. Here's And I, I, like you, have the same criticism of the church. Uh, not uh, not those who are preaching the the gospel, but those who right. are just preaching something that feels good. It's not it's not right. Uh, it's got to be yeah. the true truth. Yeah, yeah. And because when times get get tough, you know we we don't want to eat cotton candy. No, no. <laughs> we want truth. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean it just doesn't make it. And and gosh, to be that person in your community wherever you are. Uh, to be that person of truth, because when times get tough and you've been living out your truth, people will come to you because they'll know you've got something they don't. Trust me, I was one of those people. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nancy, for hanging out and giving us a little bit of extra time so we can give honor to uh, this question and answer it thoroughly, because I know it does affect the life of someone out there right now who is listening who needs to understand uh, that, you know, is coming off of a sermon this past weekend, even perhaps in their own church, that they said, you know, uh, while that felt good, I'm not sure that that built into me, if that was the truth. Am I hearing that? So uh, for mm-hmm. you to to be that encouragement, and I want to encourage those of you who may be even asking that question yourselves, um, you know, test, test, test the church, test and, and be sure that what is being preached is the true gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of the Lord. Uh, we, right. we owe it to ourselves to do that because... Right. We can't. We can't just blindly hand ourselves over to the instruction uh, of someone who who may not be speaking the full truth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Test. Be aware Absolutely. about the testing. All right. Well, Nancy, thank you so much. We appreciate you greatly, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life. <laughs> 